What's up, folks? I'm Anubis, and this is Otakunomics, the Otaku Business Podcast. Here we break down the business behind anime and demystify it, answer some questions about it. So topic for today is we've been hearing a lot about the most recent anime industry report and the fact that revenue from overseas sources has begun to make up almost half of the entire anime industry's revenue. And we're getting we're getting kind of a a halfway coverage of that and I'll explain why. So, we're hearing from is here here uh soranews24.com. Uh Japanese anime industry is earning more money than ever, almost half of it outside Japan. And we're talking about how so for the sixth year in a row, the total size of the anime industry has grown and also marks the sixth year that the industry has reached an all-time high. Where we're talking the 2017 figures, which is the latest figures we have in this latest anime industry report, are at a total of 2.18 trillion yen. So, seeing a decline in physical home sales, seeing an increase in streaming, but we're also seeing in a historic high percentage from overseas, revenue from overseas. So, we're talking at, we're talking because they don't specify U.S. certainly, but also places like South Korea, Taiwan, China is also a big player, France as well. But we're going to take a look at Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll News, uh, anime industry grows again in 2018. Overseas market makes up almost half of the entire market. This is from Daryl Harding, December 16th, 2019. Every year, the anime, the Association of Japanese Animations puts together a report detailing the state of the anime industry in Japan from the previous year. The full 2019 anime report detailing the state of the industry in 2018 has just been released, and the NHK summarized the report, which details some interesting areas of the growth of the industry as well as declines. Uh, skipping ahead, domestically the anime industry has grown to 1.172 trillion yen from 2017's 1.167 trillion yen. For the first time, the, in- the industry has increased in Japan for three years, but not close to the 1.309 trillion yen high of 2014. 
for the first time, domestic streaming revenue at $59.5 billion has surpassed that of home video releases at $58.7 billion. So, we're seeing streaming services start to overtake, just start to overtake, home video, that's disc releases, in Japan. So, continuing on, the main source of growth for the anime industry has come from international sales, where sales have topped 1 trillion yen for the first time at 1.009 trillion yen. This makes international sales, such as overseas anime film streamings and licensing to streaming companies, the single biggest revenue source for the anime industry in 2018. In the report, the domestic market is split into different categories, like pachinko and film, while international sales are combined into overseas. So what they're basically saying there is, all the domestic stuff we see is basically itemized between TV, movies, domestic video, internet distribution, merchandising, music, pachinko, etc. But the equivalence of all of those from overseas is just condensed into one overseas figure. Finishing up, while growth from the anime industry has slowed down in 2017-2018 mostly due to decreases in, on the domestic side, after the rapid increase from 2013 to 2017, the anime industry is larger than it's ever been, with new trends such as streaming finally being reflected in the numbers. Now, what we're... The natural conclusion to draw from all this is that the the international side, especially talking from a U.S. perspective, is starting to matter in a big way to the anime industry, and that's a that's a reasonable conclusion to draw. At the same time, however, if we want to look at it from a support the industry standpoint, and especially a supporting the studio standpoint, which is what most people talk about when they talk about supporting the industry, it gets a little bit more complicated. Now, this is coming from the anime industry report itself. What you what you do is you go to AJA dot gr dot jp forward slash english forward slash japan dash anime dash data and you can look at the full 2018 summary there and we can go through that together so open up the pdf and we're going to look at page two the second heading here uh, topics in the anime in, topics in the Japanese animation industry from 2016 to 2017 overseas market size close to domestic market size and it begins thusly as seen in the comparison between the domestic market size and the overseas market size that's figure 2 the overseas market's sharp rise since 2015 almost overtook the domestic market while the domestic market Reaching its peak in 2014 has declined for three consecutive years due to 
decline in major genres such as merchandising and pachinko. If the sales arising from application games and other digital merchandise not covered in the survey, they're talking about gaming apps there, uh, were added, the domestic market would likely show an increase, but with just the current figures, it is hard to deny that the Japanese market relies on sales in the overseas market. Substantial growth in the overseas market, which covers the decline in the domestic market, is fully welcomed, yet it is frightening that Japan greatly relies on the overseas market. There are, there are several risks to be concerned over, such as sudden change in the business environment in China due to politics, or the distribution environment occupied by U.S. major platforms. Actually, the animation industry, i.e. anime studios and other related businesses, gains no upliftments despite the record-breaking sales in the market. This may be because animation studios and the like have few chances to obtain the benefits from sales arising from internet distribution and application games, which are thought to occupy a large part of overseas sales. It is desirable both for the market and the industry that the domestic market, which is now in transition, stabilizes soon. So, in a nutshell, we're talking the we're talking the difference between anime studios and the anime industry at large. And from a standpoint of supporting the anime industry, the the significant increase in the percentage of revenue coming from overseas is almost negligible because most of that money is caught up in the production committees. Now remember we talked last week about understanding business models. The business model of the production committee has no reason to involve the studios when it comes to negotiating overseas deals. No reason to do that because the production committee is the one holding the rights. The, the dangerous part and the dangerous part of the celebration about the the proportion of revenue coming from overseas into the anime industry is that the more revenue comes from the more of the anime industry's revenue is made up of overseas revenue, the less of that actually makes it back to the studios. At least in the domestic market, there are revenue streams that are attached back to the studios. The studios get some, they get some revenue, they get some level of royalties from things like the, things like TV broadcasts, things like domestic video purchases, stuff like that. When you go to the overseas market, You've got part of that being taken as operating costs by, by Funimation or by Crunchyroll or by whatever company is responsible for that release. And then the rest of that goes back to the production committees. And you could certainly make an argument in a, in a roundabout fashion that that could potentially make it back to the studios in the form of a budget, but no no guarantee of that 
actually happening. No guarantee of the it being the same studio. No guarantee of it going back to support the show that anyone is streaming or purchasing. So you could make a very convincing argument that if we're trying to support the anime industry, meaning we're trying to support the anime studios, the more money comes from, or the higher percentage of the industry's revenue we have coming from overseas sources, the less we're actually doing that, the further away we're coming from that paradigm, and the more money is making it into the industry without touching the hands of the studios. Which is why it's... This is this is what we're not being told by marketing people when when we talk about streaming services and whatnot supporting the anime industry. There, there's absolutely an argument to be made that, and and here's here's my thing personally. It's a business deal. So, if you're gonna, if you're patronizing a streaming service, then yeah, that money's going where it's supposed to go. It's going back to the production committee, who made this deal with Crunchyroll or High Dive or whatever streaming service to stream that anime overseas, localize it for the for the English speaking audience, and all that. All that's work that deserves to be paid, and the license is something that deserves to be paid for, etc. Where I where I start to get a little a little squirrely on it is when the the marketing behind it involves, oh, you're supporting the anime industry by doing this without telling people what the anime industry is, with while going off of the assumption that people think the anime industry is just the anime studios not taking the time to explain to them that how this entire business model works and this thus as a result when people find out about the production committee business model they're already soured on it because they feel like they've been lied to by people who promise to give their money to ferry their money to the anime studios when really they're just ferrying their money to the production committee. They don't understand the legitimacy of that business model. So we can't really blame people for wanting to circumvent the production committee business model, but it's not something... I don't think we want fundamental reform of that business model as bad as we really think we do. Because not a whole lot of people have a good understanding. Not a whole lot of people who are talking about it a lot have a good understanding of how it works and the reasons behind why it's there and what purpose it serves. Because make no mistake, we're talking the anime industry cracking 2 trillion yen in based on 2017 figures in this report here. And I guarantee you the industry wouldn't have made it that far without 
relying heavily on the production committee business model. As we explained in the last episode, it that's a business model that is makes a makes a lot of money for a lot of people over a long period of time. It works. It distributes it it also distributes the risk so we can continue having a whole bunch of highly creative works in the anime space without it being such a risky endeavor and without it losing a whole bunch of money for a lot of people because again a lot of these shows are guaranteed to eventually at least break even so it's important to understand the legitimacy of the production committee business model, not try to circumvent it because people are mad that they got lied to, that they got taken in by the support the industry meme, by people who have a vested interest in you, in people buying their product thinking they're doing something virtuous. Understanding the business aspects behind how this stuff gets made is important because number one, it gives you insight into why some of the decisions made are made the way they're made. And two, it just purely allows you to be a more informed consumer of anime. And whenever you're buying something, whenever you're spending your money on something, it's important to be in, to be an informed consumer in general. That said, I think that'll be it for this episode, just one segment. We will do the ad read and then jump out of here. Do you do business is Otakunomics? Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you in part by She's Lost Control Media. She's Lost Control Media is a business planning consultancy specializing in meeting the specific needs of artists, creators, and entrepreneurs in fandom spaces. Whether you're an artist looking to make a business of your craft, a content creator looking to make your content more than just a hobby, or a fan looking to take your fandom to the next level, you can visit She's Lost Control.media and we'll see how we can help you out.